Good morning, good morning, and happy new year. Ain't it a great morning outside? Wet, dry, cold, hot, doesn't matter, it's gardening. That's what we're going to be talking about. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Feller Rushing. Over the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, me and Java Chapman and all the other folks at MPB are going to open up this this front porch we call the Garden Party at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's a live program. I got some cheesy music, got a few emails, a couple of announcements, but mostly it's about you and your garden. So whatever you got on your mind, got some leftover from holidays, thinking about the spring, got some weird stuff going on right now, thinking about something, doesn't matter. We're going to talk gardening, folks. Got a little haiku coming up from a listener. But meanwhile, sit back. We're going to do some news and come back with the first broadcast of the year of the Gestalt Gardener. Folks, 2020 is going to be getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and here we are, middle of the wintertime, officially in the wintertime. First broadcast of the new year. And uh, we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturday. So sit back, folks. If you'd like to join us, this is going to be a toll-free live call-in program. And, uh, and i got a couple of things I'm going to share with you. But, uh, let me, Java, let me ask you something. Uh, how how'd the kids do over the, the New Year's so uh, far? Oh, well, well, you know, we're only a couple of days in, so everything's going fine. Um, how was your New Year? You, I know you're out of the, out of the uh, you know, vicinity yeah. right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's been crazy as, as always. You know, uh, we have a lot more fireworks and gunshots, I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, listen, I got some great news, Job. I sent you a link about this, but I don't know if, if you saw it or not. But this program, the podcast you put up after we get off, the Gestalt Gardener podcast just got a huge boost on online. Uh, did, did you click on that thing? Or? Yeah, it was um, it was one of the top three uh, podcasts. No, top, top- Top, top five. There's an RSS reader. Uh, it's a, sort of a, a, a site that organizes topics for people, sends you news and items about stuff that, that you know, topics you're interested in. Anyway, one of the top uh, RSS reader spots called Feedspot, uh, by the way, is named by PC Magazine as one of the top uh, organizers like this. It just listed the Gestalt Gardener podcast as number five in a slot of top 15 horticulture podcasts you must follow 2020 yeah we're gonna put I mean, the link we're gonna put the link up uh, when we post the podcast but yeah that's a that's a, that's a huge accomplishment man well the the other podcasts are in the top 15 they're from the from the uk from seattle south carolina australia from pretty much all over our podcast came in just behind the the one put out by the royal horticulture society in england the, matter of fact the next closest npr garden podcast is mike mcgrath's you bet your garden which came in number 15 so anyway the site manager of this uh uh, uh reader wrote about uh, MPB's podcast that each week horticulture fellow rushing shares stories, answers questions, and just toss gardening. Of course, you'll hear a bit of cheesy music in every program, and you might hear a bad joke or two as well. Anyway, I want to thank all of you folks who tune in, because that's how they track these stuff, how they, how they rank their podcasts. Gestalt Gardener's podcast, put out by Mississippi Public Broadcasting, ranked number five in the gardening podcast in the English-speaking world. I appreciate that a whole bunch. So anyway, woohoo! Great way to start the new year. 
Uh, I got some interesting uh, emails that I'd like to share with you, but it's a live program, first of the year. So if there's some things you'd like to talk about, talk to a nonprofit horticulturist who's also a so-so kind of gardener. I'm an okay gardener. I have mistakes like everybody else, bugs and blights and weeds and stuff and lazy and hot and all that stuff. But if you want to talk to somebody who's trying to be real without trying to sell you anything, give us a call. It's toll-free one eight seven seven. MPB ring. Let's start off this New Year's in Hattiesburg. Hey, Michael, thanks for tuning in. What's going on? Good morning. Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much. What's up, man? Look, is there anything I can put on dandelions now to get rid of them before the spring comes out? Yeah, matter of fact, they're already out, as you know, and they're a lot easier to control right now than they will be a month from now, you know, when okay. in, in the wintertime, when these things first start greening up, your grass is dormant or, or as, as dormant as grass can get because we have some cold weather. But if you'll spot treat the, the dandelions and any other little winter weeds now while your grass is dormant, while they're still kind of small, it's a, it, it's a lot more effective than waiting a little bit later when they're bigger and full bloom and center, sending energy up to flowers instead of down to roots. So, yeah, you can spot treat them right now to be a, you know, on a sunny day when it's not too wet. Right, and and do I need to use like a pre-emergent type thing or or just a weed killer? No, no, a, a pre-emerge is something you put out there that kills weed seeds as they sprout. You need to use okay. something that's called post-emerge, something you can spray directly on the you know to spot treat right. the plants. Right. If you've okay. got a if you got a lot of stuff out there, you know, clover and henbit and dandelions and onion stuff, you might want to just do a general spray. But I got to tell you. They're not hurting anything. I, you know, I'm, I'm obligated to say this. The, if, you, if you notice, every time it gets up into the 60s, 50s, 60s, there's bees and butterflies on those things. So, you know, if you can live with them, that'd be great. But if you just got to take them out, now is better than later. Okay. Thank you very much. You have a great year. I enjoy listening to your program. Thanks for being part of it, Michael. Appreciate it. All right. It. Take care. Bye. You know, uh, Java, as you're aware, we have to walk a fine – well, we don't have to walk a fine line. I'm on both – I color on both sides of the line. You want to have wildflower meadow, you like butterflies and bees and stuff, that's okay. It's not hurting your grass. It's not. The wintertime stuff, as soon as you mow them in the spring, they're gone for the summer. So you can live with a lot of – matter of fact, you can plant little small daffodils – and other little small bulbs, and have a winter meadow. And as soon as it gets time to mow your grass in the summer, just mow your grass, and they're gone, just like daffodils. But if you do want to control them, now is the time. If you wait till February or March to give me a call, there's not much I can do. Uh, it's really hard to control weeds when they're big, they're mature, they're sending energy up into flowers. So if you got, if, if they really drive you nuts in March or April, now's the time to treat them. So anyway, let's go over to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hey, Melanie, thank you for calling. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Felder. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, What's up? I had a que question about bulbs. I bought some tulips and daffodils in the fall and got sick and couldn't put them out. Can you put them out now? Uh, well, you can, and uh, there's a good chance that they'll bloom. The problem with tulips is that tulips need to be pre-chilled. So, uh, you know, daffodils, if you put them in the ground, they're likely to come up and do something because they've already got their flower bud. But if it's possible to stick the tulips 
in the refrigerator for even two or three or four weeks would be better than nothing. You can still plant them in February and they'll bloom, but tulips are one shot thing anyway. So I'd go ahead and put them in uh, in the refrigerator and then slip them into a pot or something, enjoy them while they bloom, and then dump them out after that. But uh, go ahead and put the daffodils in as soon as you can. Okay. Thanks so much, Felder. Okay. Good luck on it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Now down to down to Tremont. I've actually been lost getting through Tremont, believe it or not. Hey, Joey, how are you this morning? I am fine, sir. How are you? Fine. I, I found a shortcut through Tremont coming from somewhere directly north. I don't know how I got there, what turn I made wrong, and ended up in Tremont. Now, how can uh, you get you lost probably, in Tremont? Well, uh, we have to pipe in sunshine. <laughs> so we're easy to get lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's got, what's going on? Oh. I had some chives that were chives that were thriving this yeah. year, and I didn't think they'd die down, but they did. You know, and that's that's really weird, uh, Jerry, because I've had chives that disappear too, and I've seen them growing outside in New England. I've seen them growing in the crack of the sidewalk. In New Orleans, so I suspect that they may have gotten a little. The soil was a too too rich, and maybe they stayed a little too wet because, you know, they're 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 almost indestructible. But I think too much water and rich soil can make them tender and more susceptible to stuff. That that, that I think that's what killed mine. Well, they just stay too wet. So that, that's that my guess. My mind, but I've got garlic chives this though showing out yeah. right now. Yeah, mine too. Well, my mine are kind of, my garlic chives. Chive. Yeah, the, the the my garlic chives they kind of spread. They're real thick. They're kind of flopping over from all the rain. But uh-huh. uh, my regular chives just disappeared. I suspect it was just too to stay too wet at one point last year. I'll just replant them. Yeah, try put some in. You got a raised bed, or you grow them in pots, or what? In pots. Yeah, that's that's what I do. I put them in a pretty good sized pot so you don't have to water them very often. But make sure your potting soil, is, you know, it's not the kind that stays real wet. I, I think that's the biggest problem is drainage. That's well, my I guess. I move them around enough, you know. I move them around occasionally where they don't go down on the soil and stuff where they can drain. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, you here, 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 yeah, here's something I do when I pot, and I just potted a whole bunch, repotted a bunch of stuff uh, back uh, about a month ago. Is uh, you know these these things you use in the kitchen in your sink, the the little uh, squee, uh, the the kind of yellow mesh stuff that you scrub your pots with. I'm very familiar. Yes. Yeah, I, I cut mine up in little pieces, and I put that over the potting soil hole to hold the potting soil in, and then I just raised my pots up. You know, you can use, you know, crushed up beer cans if you want to, but, a, you know, three little rocks or something just to get the pots off the ground. And then that, that little mesh over the hole keeps roly-polies and ants out of the potting soil, but it keeps the potting soil in the pot. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, delve into your instructions. Okay, Joey, appreciate it. You you go delving in, Joey. <laughs> See you, man. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you. All righty. Uh, Joey's going to delve in. Um, by the way, I've got nothing on my calendar uh, to, 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 to tell you to go to. Uh, I've got a home fruit talk uh, on, on uh, at Hutto's Garden Center in Jackson on February the 16th. 
Uh, but I don't, don't have anything to promote. If there's anything you know of, uh, shoot me an email. Some, I got somebody at a library, a garden center, garden club, master gardener group, uh, and I can help promote a program. Let me know. I'll be glad to do that. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Gestalt Garden Podcast. I want to remind you, you can share that with other folks. Uh, just got to name the, the number five worldwide English speaking garden podcast uh, by Feespot, which uh, PC Magazine says is one of the top sources for organizing garden, uh, garden, uh, t- or internet type stuff. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. Going to come back, got some uh, couple of emails for if you've got something you'd like to talk about. Give us a call, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING, or shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Me and Java here at MPB. We'll be right back. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me on the show each week are healthcare professionals who add their expertise to the discussion. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. All righty, folks, welcome back to the Gestalt Gardener here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm a horticulturist fellow rushing. We're part of the National Public Radio System. A lot of people from all over the country and beyond uh, tune in to this program by podcast. Anybody who listens to NPR can go to their site and find all the gardening sites. Not that many of them. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have a podcast, and so if you can't listen uh, every week during the week, just to, uh, just go to MPB online Click on the podcast and take it from there. Uh, I got an email from a fellow who does just that, a guy named Mike Lehman. He's from Orange, Texas. And I've been to Orange, Texas. You have, too, if you've been to Houston, because right on Interstate 10, if you're going just as soon as you cross Louisiana into Texas is Orange, Texas. Now, you know, a lot of people may not realize one of the coolest little botanic gardens in the country is at Orange, Texas. It's called Shangri-La Botanical Garden. Shangri-La. It's got the biggest collection. It's an alley, a big double row of huge Mississippi-made Stephanie Dwyer bottle trees in their children's garden. I mean, these things are uh, 20 feet tall. They're huge, and they've got a, just a whole double row of them. It's Shangri-La Botanic Garden. Anyway, Mike Lehman, he sent me a sweet note with a picture of his traditional New Year's meal of black-eyed peas, ham hock, and turnip greens. He also threw in some New Year's haiku. Check it out. This is what Mike Lehman wrote. And he said he's not a great poet, but not a great gardener, but here it goes. A new beginning. The sun quietly rises. Celebrate with peas. I love that. Anyway, it got me to share. Uh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, it got me to share photos with some family and friends of my own New Year's dish, black-eyed peas with hot peppers, cabbage with ham, cornbread and sweet potatoes. And I got some good photos back from other folks. But uh, I wonder what did you do? Do you have a traditional um, New Year's thing that you share? Um, I'm, I'm also looking for some garden advice. So far, I've come up with with Things like planting by the moon, you know, things that you've heard that don't make sense, but it's just a garden saying. One of my favorites is uh, you're supposed to drop okra seed from waist high when you're planting okra seed. I don't know about that, but here's the best one. And I've heard this 
numerous times over the year, but when you're planting gourds, you're supposed to dog cuss gourd seeds. Now, I'm a veteran. I was in the Navy during Vietnam. I'm I'm a Navy guy. I, but I don't know what dog cussing is. A friend of mine from England says it's called giving them a right good bollocking. Not sure what giving them a right good bollocking. Anyway, you're supposed to dog cuss gourd seeds. Is there something along these lines that you've heard? I'd like to to come up with a compilation of garden sayings, colloquialisms, things like that. Shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. But if you can come up with something better than dog cussing gourd seeds and dropping ochre seeds from wayside, bring it on. Meanwhile, let's go up to uh, just south of Memphis, Tennessee, to South Haven. Hey, Barbara, thank you for calling. Uh, thank you. I'm What's planning up? on moving in the next couple of months. Can uh-huh. I have some peonies? Can I move them? Yeah, it, it'd be good if you could. Yes, you can. Be real careful, though, because, you know, there's they, they've got their, their flower bud, leaf buds. They're right beneath the surface. So, you know, if you could lift the whole clump, be sure, you know, if you go poke it around with them, you're going to break off some of those flower buds. So just be careful when you dig them up. And if, if you could put them in, uh, you know, a, a flat or a box or a container or something like that to keep them intact, uh, the sooner you get around to doing that, the better. Just don't break off. Don't poke around and, and, and mess them up in the process. And do it as soon as you can, uh, Barbara. Okay. And what about daylilies? Oh, you can move. You can move daylilies in a in a plastic uh, grocery bag when they're in full bloom. They don't care at all. They're the easy uh, irises and daylilies are about the easiest. In cannas, you can move those no problem. But uh, the main thing is the the, the peonies. They're, you know, they're the, the peonies. They're gonna uh, they're real easy to to break up this time of year. Okay, but I have I want to. <laughs> I want to ask you, where did you get yours? Are they some from the old home place, or did you buy them? Or do they bloom pretty good, or what? They bloom excellent, but I got, I've had them 20, 25 years, moved them. I've moved twice and moved part or all of the peonies <laughs> with me. What, what color are they? Are they white with that little bit of red down in the middle? Yes, I've got that, and I've got the newer yellow one. It's beautiful. Okay, we'll see up in, if we say up at, you know, the further north go, you know, peonies, what they call peonies up north, uh, their headquarters of their society is in Minnesota. The further south you go, the fewer that do really well, but that one that's white with a little red center, that'll bloom as far south as, well, down to Baton Rouge and and Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But that's a good old-fashioned one. It's beautiful. (laughs) Well, if you if you got some extra, uh, share some with somebody because you can't hardly buy that one. It's called Festiva Maxima. It's introduced in eighteen sixties. It's hard to find it commercially, but it's a great peony for southern gardeners. Okay, I sure will. All righty, we'll have fun. Are you not moving far, are you? Are you no, moving very far? I'm just okay. moving to Olive Branch, which isn't three miles down the road. Well, the, the, you know, what I would do is I would dig the hole where they're going to go first and, you know, okay. do a pretty good job because once you put them down, they're there. You know, do a good job yeah. of digging the hole first. And then one day just dig them up and take them, you know, scoot them over there and stick them in the new hole before they have a chance to, to settle down. But dig the hole first because you only get one shot to do that right. Okay. Let me ask you then. The beds aren't prepared 
get at this new place? Uh-huh. Can I possibly put them in a pot and move them until the bed's prepared? Well, you can, but, you know, they don't have really deep roots. So, you know, I'd put them, you know, if you could get like a box or something in line with plastic, something like that, because if you put them in a pot, you know, it's going to be hard to pick up. Something that's kind of shallow is what I'm saying. You you know, don't don't put them in a great big pot that's going to hurt, hurt yourself when you move them. Yeah. Okay. I sure will. All righty. Good luck on it, Barbara. Glad you're Thank not moving you. away. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, folks, I got an email from somebody wanting me to recommend a few edible things for the landscape. And I'm thinking, is this a joke? I mean, you know, there's peppers and tomatoes and stuff. But anyway, they want something that looks good that they can eat on. And I sort of specialize in home fruit plants that double as good landscape plants. But I couldn't resist suggesting orange daylilies. You know, a lot of people just don't think about daylilies as food. Uh, but they've been grown for over 3,000 years for food. They're super nutritious just like broccoli, which is also a flower, a, a group of flower buds, uh, and you can eat them the same way you do broccoli. Uh, you know, you can do them uh, raw, fried, dipped, uh, soups, uh, battered in, in saute. Any way you eat broccoli, you can eat daylilies, really. But I couldn't stop there. In, in uh, Java, you, you know, first of the year, I've got to be me. I've just got to be me. What do you, what do you mean, man? Well, I want to know some edible things in the landscape, and I sent them a recipe for eating earthworms. Well, you you tend to uh, play that <laughs> cheesy tune. I'm gonna eat some worms. Well, I really though I don't want to get into it too much because I, I mean I can make people's ears believe details about different kind of words, but they're high protein, low cholesterol, just what the doctor ordered. But I'm sure they didn't want to do that. But anyway, it got me thinking, and I just wrote a blog. You know, I've got a little blog, not my website, but Felder Rushing blog. I just wrote one about the, my three top favorite kinds of garden worms in my garden. And if you go to my blog, not my website, but go to Felder Rushing blog, I've got a picture of a foot-long earthworm and a, also a real down-deep green worm that smells really funky that most people never dig deep enough to find. But anyway, i got pictures, a little bit of, of uh, fun trivia stuff about the different kind of worms you're going to find in our part of the world in the garden. Anyway, fellowrushing.blog and uh, see pictures of monster worms that are down there that most people don't even think about. And Fel, so anyway. the, the, um, isn't it, uh, I guess, a correlation with the amount of worms that you have, the healthier your soil? Yeah, they make, they make soil. For, you know, if you've got good worms, you don't even have to dig your dirt. Just feed the worm. Throw a little uh, chopped up leaves, grass clipping and stuff, maybe a little cottonseed meal that's got which is what they give cows. They feed cows hay and cottonseed meal for the protein. But uh, you get worms that go from those little skinny, pale, see-through things to great big whopping monsters in just a few months by just feeding them stuff, and they eat leaves and things. So, yeah, if you feed your worms, you can have terrific dirt. And some people find them creepy, uh, but Java, I even have a picture of uh, in my hand of a baby worm snake. You know, the little snakes get about the size of a pencil. Baby worm snake by an earthworm. And if it wasn't for the eyes, you can't tell them apart. Anyway, check it out at Garden at Felder Rushing blog. Or just, just word search, Felder Rushing and blog, and you'll find that. And if you like it, you know, click on follow and I'll send you some more stuff. Meanwhile, I'm not a hedonist. 
I'm not about pleasure over everything. I'm a hardworking guy, but sometimes you got to remind yourself how short life is. And that's what today's cheesy tune is. It's from a long time ago. It's been covered by a bunch of artists, but this is one of my favorites. And it's about enjoying what you've got while you're in the here and now. We'll be back with the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. Someday you say you'll have your fun when you're a millionaire. Imagine all the fun you'll have in your old rocking chair. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. The years go by. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you think. You're gonna take that ocean trip, no matter come what may. You've got your reservations made, but you just can't get away. Next year for sure you'll see the world, you'll really get around. But how far can you travel when you're six feet underground? Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. The years go by as quickly as a wink. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you think. The years go by as quickly as a wink. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fellow Russian. And I want to remind folks, I'm not being hedonistic about enjoying yourself. You know, take, life is life is short and do good things, but savor while you go. No, no problem with that at all. i uh, got a couple of other things I want to share with y'all, but it's a live call-in program. Toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to keep that rolling by sliding up to Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Dawn, thanks for calling. Howdy. I'm 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 having a good day. How about y'all? So far, so good. Not so bad. Um, you were talking about the little worm snakes, and I'm huh. doing a garden, and I found several of them. And yeah. are they poisonous? Or I, I know it's I've heard before about children that thought they were playing with worms, and they turned out to be <laughs> snakes. Yeah, here's, here's a couple of things. Um, and if you send me an email, by the way, I can send you a picture of, of what these are. We've got several kinds of what they call 
uh, smooth earth snakes or brown earth snakes or worm mm -hmm. snakes, mm -hmm. when they're fully grown, fully grown, they're about the size of a new pencil. If you're old enough to remember what a pencil is. Yeah. Uh, and, oh. and here's how you can tell them from the point. Every now and then people come across a little copperhead snake. If you yeah. look at them, the only, the, you know, the, 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 the good snakes don't have a neck. Their head is about the same size as their body. A copperhead mm -hmm. has a distinctly bigger head. And if you're not sure about it, it ain't. So if yeah. they're about up, up to about oh, eight, nine, ten inches long, maybe a foot long, they can be kind of grayish brown. They can even have a pattern. Uh, copperheads have a pattern. But again, these things don't have any kind of their, their head and their neck is about the same size. They eat yeah. snails and slugs, not only not poisonous, they can't bite. They don't have that snapping type of jaw. Mm -hmm. They'll die if you play with them too much. So anyway, they you're going to find usually in monkey grass and under rocks and stuff. Look yeah. for the little head, and they're perfectly fine. You can play. You can it, just let them go because they're eating stuff that you'd rather not have. Well, I've had some beautiful king snakes and things, which of course I, I keep for the you know that you know for rodents and things like that. But uh -huh. I just wasn't sure about that one. Yeah, the, the main thing is the, the, the only one you're likely to confuse it with would be a small copperhead. They can be proud, okay. but again, you know, they have almost like an arrowhead type head. Right. Their head is yeah. a lot bigger than I've their neck, and there's no few. question about it. Yeah, I've killed uh, <laughs> Well, see, when I was a kid, I always heard of, there's a, there's a nest of ground rattlers. They're called ground and yeah. no, they're, you know. As a matter of fact, a king snake will slurp those things up like spaghetti. King snakes like little snakes. But anyway, if you find those and they don't have a big head, jump back, calm down, relax, let them go. I'll do it. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, guys, y'all yeah. have a great day. Okay. And, and again, they can have a pattern to them. So don't, don't uh -huh. let the pattern throw you off, okay? I'll do it. They weren't but about maybe five inches. Um, so, and there was more than good. one. So I just wanted to... I'll, Anyway, I'll, well, if I'll you if, if if you go to my my, my my blog, the fellow rushing blog, and click on my worm thing, I've got a picture of a baby worm snake by okay. a worm, and you can see you can see how big their head is compared to the rest of their body. If it wasn't for their for their uh, their eyes, you'd think it was right. A worm. Yeah, those eyes are what gave it away for me too. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, we have we have several other beneficial snakes uh, uh, that have stripes on them, the little garter snakes, yeah, and, the, and the things now, like what, that. Yeah, the ribbon it, snake, it, I, yeah. And uh, and it'll snap at you. It can't bite, yeah, but it'll, know. you know. The, I know. I was but, walking in the garden the other day, and that's a, and they, he was poised and ready to go. He's just trying to fool you, trying to make you go away. But the little earth snakes, they don't have any kind of head at all. Well, great. Well, I'm excited to know about that. I'm, I'm redoing a garden back here for two horticulturists that lived here, and I'm finding all kinds of, I found about 15 varieties of ginger alone, so it's it's fun, but wow. it's kind of swampy. Hey, hey, shoot, shoot me an email. You're in Jackson. I'm in Jackson because it might be some stuff I want to divide and share with you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, Dawn. Happy New Year. All righty, folks. So before I next, take this next call, I, I want to throw out an email I got. Uh, this is from uh, James Day. He just moved outside Carthage. He wrote about a century-old oak tree. It's kind of near the new farmhouse. He says it's got really old, healed over, but decaying lightning streak down its trunk. Got mushrooms and lichens. What's there really can do about it? And the truth is, there's not a thing you or I can do to help an old tree that's been struck by lightning, that's healed over, it's got internal decay. 
And, and by the way, I taught the tree surgery course at Mississippi State. There's nothing we can do to help an old tree that's got old damage. That's just the way it goes. Take a picture of it. Get somebody to paint it. Do something like that. Love it while you can, but there's no concrete or sprays. or There's no kind of treatment for an old tree that's got dead or dying limbs or, or, or internal decay. Now, let's go to Belleville. Hey, Viney, i got to ask you, where's Belleville? Hello. Morning, how are you? Hey, Happy New Year, I'm Founder. Thank you. How are you today? You need to turn your radio down. Pardon me, let me turn my radio down. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's up, Bonnie? Well, listen. My plant, uh, uh, it's growing, but some of them, you know, done turned a little, that um, horsetail. Horsetail, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I finally got it. Thank you, thank Good. you, thank you. Uh, my question is, you said you was going to do a documentary on uh, Dr. Dirt. Did you ever do it? Because I did. You did. I missed it. Oh, I, 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 I have. I did a. I did a short thing. And by the way, your radio is still just a little bit loud back there. We can hear it echoing in our heads. Um, I, I, if you go to my blog, Fellow Rushing blog, one of the top things at the top I have a, a called up, I don't remember if it's called a tribute or whatever to Dr. Dirt. I've got a whole bunch of stuff with pictures and all, but I'm also working on a book, and I've turned oh. in the manuscript for uh, to uh, uh, University Press, uh, University, Mississippi. Anyway, I've turned the, the manuscript in, but it won't be out the book, which has other people like Dirt uh, in, in it. But if you want to see the whole thing I've written about Dirt, uh, go to my blog and click on the Legacy of I think it's called Legacy Tribute or something like that, but it'll be up at the top of the page. Okay. My next question is, um, the, uh, the what you call this stuff? Clover. Is there any way I can get rid of that clover in the backyard? It just gone. Well, y- yes and no. It's just the kind with the pink flowers or the white flowers. Oh Lord, uh, I think it's the white one. Okay. Uh, right now, it's still kind of small. It's out there, and if you wanted to spray it, now's the time. I, I, you know, if you wait as hard as it can be to kill uh, when it starts warming up in late February, March. So if okay. you wanted to, to squirt some stuff on it, now would be the time. But I, I, I just gotta, I, I, I just gotta tell you, white clover is one of the best honeybee plants you can oh, have okay. and, and 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 when it's time to start mowing your grass if you just mow the clover it's gone till next year okay they actually you they actually use white clover as the lawn in a lot of places in the country okay oh. so if you can if, if you can live with it i, I you know the, the it's pretty and the bees love it and if you just can't live with it i'd get on it sometime real soon okay well, thank you, good. thank you, thank you. Oh, okay. Good luck on it. All right, then. Have a happy, happy New Year. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm doing a program in the, at the Max in Meridian. I when? think in April. April. I, I, okay. as, yeah, I, I don't have the date with you right now, but I hope to see you then. Okay, I'll be there. All right, stay warm and dry. And you too. Bye bye. Okay, Bonnie. Bye bye. Okay, folks. If you'd like to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Me and uh, Java and Kevin Farrell and all the other folks at MPB, we really appreciate the opportunity to bring this garden party to you. We really appreciate it. Glad you're part of it. If you want to shoot me an email, I'll be glad to jump right on that. 
garden at mpbonline.org. If you want to see about the worms and Dr. Dirt and all that, go to Felder Rushing Blog, B-L-O-G. Meanwhile, we're going to take a real, real quick break. We're going to come back, hopefully to some phone calls. we got the lines wide open. So give us a call, folks. Here it is, what uh, PC Magazine, one of their top RSS fees, says the Gestalt Gardener podcast is the top five in the English-speaking world, and we appreciate that. I think it's called They Like the Way We Talk, or maybe it's the cheesy music. Whatever. We'll be right back, folks. If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Hey there, it's Joshua Johnson from 1A. People have lots of stories about their cars. That long summer road trip, the first hand-me-down, the first car you bought on your own. But cars can generate other kinds of stories like the stories you hear on this station. You can donate your old car. Here's how. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to the Gestalt Gardener on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email garden at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. All righty, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I don't have any uh, real events coming up I can I can share, but if you know of a garden club or a library or a uh, civic group, something like that, would like to have me come give a talk. I'll be glad to. Just just shoot me an email. I'll be, I, I do a lot of programs at libraries, in particular, sometimes church groups. But uh, if you want me to come yak about gardening with or without pictures, maybe with a bucket full of stuff from my garden, uh, shoot shoot us an email. Be glad to do that. Uh, before we go this this call, I got an email from an old friend of mine, Bill Wardlaw, uh, Bill's wife, uh, Cecile, takes care of the old roses at the uh, old Greenwood Cemetery downtown Jackson. Anyway, Bill wanted to know if there's some little happy he could give her for her birthday. And I suggested a handful of paper white bulbs to, to, to force to get into bloom. And, and he said they were nice. She really appreciated it. But he sent this. He saw a notice of a real sign seen in India protecting their flowers. This is the real sign in India. And it says, all caps, do not bend, borrow, break, Cut, cleave, clip, crush, divide, endanger, harm, mutilate, pair, pinch, pick, pluck, pull, sever, snip, snap off, steal, take, touch, twist off, or remove the flowers. Now, any questions? Let's go down to uh, seminary and talk to Colt. Hey, Colt, thank you for calling. Hey. Howdy, what's going on? Not much. Uh, so I do have a little worm that I regularly see in the flower beds, but it's kind of odd, and I haven't been able to get an identification on it. I'll email you some photos, but it's uh, whenever you disturb it, it curls up and kind of like, knots yeah. up and doesn't try to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it but it's a, it's actually a worm, but it curls up like a like a spaghetti curl type thing. 
And the curly cue. It's really, really bright green, so it's kind of odd. And, and yeah, it, it does. Have you noticed that it smells kind of funky? It does, and I was wondering okay. these are normally under a rock or something like that. I'm using as a decoration. But well, I, uh, that that's, that, that's probably going to be. You, you've described perfectly one of the a worm that not many people see. It's called the green worm, believe it or not. It's got a whole bunch of names. And I actually have a picture and the Latin name and everything on my blog. Uh, here's the deal. Most, you know, regular earthworms, the night crawlers, they have tunnels that go up and down. They come up at night, they grab leaves and grass clippings, and they pull them down in the burrow. They go up and down. Well, this, this particular worm burrows sideways. You rarely see them up in shallow or good dirt. They're sideways, typically in heavier type of soil. Uh, instead of eating grass clippings and stuff, they actually eat and digest stuff that's in their dirt eaters, not leaf eaters. Uh, but, but they curl up like uh, in a little coil, and they're green, and they smell really funky. When I was a kid, we called them stink bait. They're really good for catfish. But uh, I, I bet that's what it is. And also another point uh I'm also a biologist here in Mississippi, and uh-huh. I heard the lady with the comment about being afraid of finding a snake in their garden or something like yeah. that. Or and she's going to find them. Yeah, she's well, going to find them. <laughs> I help run a page called Mississippi Snake Forums, an identification uh-huh. page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have about okay. 5,000 members and a lot of fellow biologists and herpetologists. So if anyone comes up with photos or questions, we can help them identify. <laughs> That's good for me to know because people send me pictures. And, and be honest, I have a hard time telling uh, rough earth snake from smooth earth snake from mm-hmm. brown snake. You know, there's there's lots of the little tiny variations that you would know that to me it just looked like a worm snake. And, and just like it, anything, it just takes practice and a little bit of time. Yeah. So. Yeah, if I if you would share that resource. <laughs> well, uh, Cole, if you would, would you send me an email with a link to that, and I'd share it with other people? I'd like to know it myself. I know there's a really I good snake look. identification thing, but that'd be great. That's a that's that's really it, it's fun too. Yes, sir. What, so so, but well, no, I want to ask you this: Are you scared of snakes? Uh, no, sir. Just a healthy <laughs> respect for them. You know, I, I yeah, I was walking and I, I do a lot of hiking and walking. And, and by the way, I've walked hundreds and hundreds of miles all over England. I've only seen one snake, and I'm in rural England, one snake this whole time. But I've almost stepped on a, a rattlesnake in California, and I always heard that the snake always bites the second person in line. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than that, and it, it oh, takes I know. a whole lot to get them to actually try to defend herself that way yeah well you you probably know my old friend terry vandeventer he, he makes uh, do, knives now he's on that page as one good, of the good 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 well shoot, shoot me an email about it this has got the list colton i'll be glad to share thank you so much yes sir and that's mississippi snake forums identification page thank you okay i'll take it from there thank you appreciate it Ooh, some people don't like snakes at all. Some people don't like lizards. Some people don't mind any of them. Me, I don't like spiders. And I know there's spider lovers out there, but if I, if I run into a spider web, I squeal like a little girl. And I'm not trying to be misogynistic, but there's a sound I can make that I can't fake. 
I can't say here's what it sounded like and make it. But if a spider web gets on me, it comes out. Anyway, Randy is calling. He's on the road. How are you, Randy? Thanks for calling. Not too bad, thank you. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's up? Good. Well, I'm with you. I, 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 I like. I, I don't mind spiders, but believe it or not, the biggest thing I hate is the web. I hate the web in my face. <laughs> I, I look like somebody's having a conniption fit if I'm walking down and I get one on my face. Somebody from across the street would think I'm having a fit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I can't help myself. I can't help it. Oh, fact, I know the I'm feeling. Getting... But anyways, my question is, and I have a hard time. I live in Florida. Uh-huh. What part? I live in Chiefland, Florida. <clears throat> oh, okay. It's over towards the Gulf side. Right, right. And my problem is I have bare patches of grass. I have tried every brand of grass out there. Yeah. And I cannot, I, I can get it to grow. It gets up to about a foot, foot and a half before I cut it. After my first cut, it dies. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. You, you're probably growing St. Augustine or some type of St. Augustine because those are going to be the best for Florida. You know, centipede does okay, but it's not a real pretty green, and people try to – they kill it by trying to make it green like St. Augustine. Uh, you got plenty of sunshine, I guess. Uh, actually, I, I, the, only, the only trees I have around me is um, magnolia. Yeah, well, you can forget growing uh, any kind of grass under that. Just forget growing grass under a magnolia tree. Uh, if you're really? riding around some of the old, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love magnolia trees, and I'm a turf guy. The two don't mix for several different reasons. But here's here's what they do in botanic gardens, and I've been to botanic gardens all over Florida. I wrote a book called Tough Plants for Florida Gardens. I'm real familiar with it. I've uh, been all over twice. Um, but what botanic gardens uh, do when they've got magnolia trees is they make a distinct line out from the trunk, you know, where all the roots are showing, and they, they make it a, a real distinct line, and the grass stops there, and they usually plant either monkey grass or, uh, you know, you can grow some of these uh, uh, peacock gingers. Peacock gingers do great uh, in all parts of Florida. But in other words, plant something that has shallow roots that, that, that grows well in the shade directly under the magnolia. And what makes it work is to have the, the grass a distinct line. Here's grass, here ain't grass, if that makes sense. Right. Um, anyway, th th there's, there's just no way around that. Most of the botanic gardens in Florida are going to use – uh, some people say liriope or liriope, but monkey grass or the peacock ginger under magnolias, and it works great. Right, right. Now, as far as it, one other question I have, I have one part of my yard that, of course, is over the septic or uh, over the leach bed. Uh -huh. uh, early spring, during the first cut, oh my God, it smells like onions, and and. It will literally take your breath away from you and burn your eyes so bad. <laughs> what what uh, type it, of grass is that? I don't know. Don't know. Uh, and what what county are you in? Um, Levy. Levy County. Uh, I don't know the horticulturists down there. Uh, Florida's got uh, Florida Extension Service is one of the top five in the country. And, uh, you know, so if you could find, if you could get in touch with the master gardener or the county extension office there, they can help you specifically. Otherwise, you send me a picture and I'm going to send it to somebody in Florida. 
but I don't have right. a clue what it is. But let, let me get back to one other thing. When you're trying to get grass growing, there's three things in Florida that you need to do to grow grass good. First of all, mow high, but mow regular. Don't let it get, you know, five, six, eight inches tall. Mow it, right. set your mower at the highest setting, and mow it as it needs it at that height all the time, you know. And that makes it not only get the energy it needs and the, the, the leaf blaze, but it also makes it grow laterally instead of tall and flopping over. If you let it get tall, you're cutting off most of the leaf blade and, uh, and that way. So anyway, mow it regularly, but mow it high. That's the first thing. Second thing is when you water, water really good and deep, maybe a couple of times, a few minutes apart, and then leave it alone. There's not a lawn in Florida that needs to be watered more than once a week. I'm real sure of this. A lot of people water two, three, four, five times a week. Florida Extension Service says once a week, really, really good. Put it down deep. Let the surface dry out. Your grass will have a good, strong, deep root system. Too much water, too much fertilizer are worse than none at all. So mow, mow high regularly. Water really good when you water. And give it a little bit of fertilizer in the summer, but not very much. And, you know, that's what it takes to have a good, thick grass. Well, the, the, pro, the problem with, with that is, because that's what I tried telling my wife the last time I planted, was to, because what I try to do is let it go about three and a half to four inches. But the problem with that is we have those sand spurs. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the sand spurs are telling me you got a real thin lawn. If you'll mow uh, three, three and a half inches, something like the highest setting, and mow fairly regular like that, and give it a little bit of good slow-release fertilizer once a year, and then mow really, really good. I mean, water really good, but not all the time. Your grass will thicken up, and it'll shade out the sand spurs. Sand spurs are a symptom of no grass. And, you know, these are the mowing, watering, and fertilizing. What makes the grass so thick, it'll, it'll shade out all the weeds. That's, that's the secret to weed-free lawn is taking good care of your grass. But sand spurs tell me you need to take care of your grass. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we bought it, when we bought the place three years ago, oh, it was a mess. I we've actually we've actually given it lawn back. <laughs> well, it, listen, if you it, it's tough. Yeah, if you if you want to get in a little bit more detail about it, shoot me an email. It's real, real easy. And like I say, I speak Florida. Matter of fact. Exactly a year ago, I was touring nine botanical gardens in South Florida, starting, you know, on the West Coast, went all the way down to Key West and back up, visiting just botanic right. gardens exactly a year ago. So I'd, I'd be glad to help you or else find somebody locally who can. But shoot me an email. Okay. Thank you, sir. And, uh, Have a good day. Okay. L little un un unasked advice. It doesn't do any good to argue with anybody about this, especially if you're married to them. Uh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Go. Bye. Bye. Drive carefully. Bye now. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Lawn care. I love grass. I don't have any because I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm gone. I'm busy. I don't want to do all it takes to have a nice lawn. So I have a meadow lawn. I deliberately plant what some people call weeds, little daffodils and violets and dandelions and clovers. And I really love the textures and the colors and in the summertime, I just mulch it. Anyway, gardening means a lot to gardeners, folks. We take a lot of great comfort from each other, and that's what we do. We laugh at ourselves sometimes. We, we have to, but we all need good news, and that's what we're going to do this year, 2020. We're going to try to have good news and practical advice here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Time to call in the morning. 
uh, Gestalt Gardner, the production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Phone greeter has been Kevin Farrell. Uh, be happy to answer emails at garden at mpbonline.org. But I'll be back next week talking with you live. Uh, as Dr. Seuss put it, you can't be number one without being odd. Take a kid or a neighbor with you to a garden center. Look for a pot full of something pretty that grows in the wintertime. We can do it. We grow stuff in the wintertime. Uh, but more important, show a kid how to do something that we know how to do best. And I show a kid that it's not only okay, but it's fun to get dirty. See y'all next week. <laughs>